like nostalgic movie review from Nerdy. Hello, everybody. Hello, welcome back to New Nostalgic Movie Reviews. I'm David. And I'm Steven. And today we are looking at Steven's pick, Singing in the Rain. Yes. Uh... This is a 1952 film, rated G, and it's an hour and 43 minutes. A quick little IMDb synopsis. Uh, a silent film star falls for a chorus girl just at, uh, as he and his delusionally jealous screen partner are trying to make the difficult transition to talking pictures in 1920s Hollywood. The talkies. <laughs> the talkies. Cast and crew. Of course, Gene Kelly, uh, Donald O'Connor, Debbie Reynolds, uh, and Gene Higgin. And I'll also mention uh, Millard Mitchell. Yes. This is a very classic musical. And it is actually really highly rated and very much so like a very critical darling. Yeah. And like uh, we mentioned last episode, this was actually my first ever viewing of this movie. Yes. Uh, I had seen a couple... You know, the classic scenes of the singing in the rain song and like make them laugh and stuff. But yep. I never actually watched the whole movie. So it was, you know, pretty awesome experiencing it for the first time. This movie is just incredible in a lot of different ways. And it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for a reason. Yeah. I guess that can lead into uh, moving on to our next section Best Performance. Who do you think has the best performance in this movie? All right, so 100% best performance is Donald O'Connor yeah. Cosmo Brown. <laughs> yeah. Cosmo is the best character in this movie, no matter what. Like, oh, he's yeah. just the most genuine, fun character. And he's the only person that's, like, like perfectly a good person in the movie, you know? Yep. I love Cosmo so, so, so much. He's just amazing. Daniel O'Connor does an incredible job. I have to agree. He is just, his comedic performances are insane. His body humor is so good. His singing, his tap dancing, incredible. Like, he's just super well-talented and super well-versed. And definitely, of the main three actors in this, kind of steals the show. Yeah, I heard... uh as far as his like character acting and his movements, I heard during the Make Him Laugh choreography uh, that he did himself, he actually uh, injured a few of his joints yeah. while doing some things, but he's like pushed through it. I don't know. He's just, he's all around fantastic. Apparently he was a huge heavy chain smoker back then. He used to smoke like four packs of cigarettes a day. And so him oh, doing okay. that make a laugh dance scene and stuff like actually took a lot out of him and he ended up like overexerting himself a lot because he just doesn't have the lung capacity anymore to do this and gene kelly is known to be a perfectionist as a director and really yeah. made a lot of the cast of this movie hate him including debbie reynolds did not like him a lot yeah i heard they uh they didn't really get along on film because he was such a perfectionist and she was only 19 at the time yep. and very fresh to like dancing and all this stuff so you know she's you know the novice and then he's sitting here like no we need to get this perfectly apparently what is it during the good morning scene they filmed that choreography over like 15 hours in one oh, day wow. because they would do a take and they would finish the song and then they would do it again and apparently they had to keep cleaning the sweat off of their bodies between takes just Jeez. so that it wouldn't look bad you know 
I know at one point she actually was crying underneath a stairwell and Frank Sinatra found her and told her that all of her hard work does not go in vain and that it'll be, Aww. it'll be worth it one day and like helped her push through it. And I was like, that's so cool that you had Frank Sinatra giving you a pep talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I saw that the behind the scenes after that 15 hour dance day of good morning, apparently her feet were bleeding. Oh, jeez! Like this poor woman, but she, killed it she, she really did she's probably my other favorite performance like donald o'connor is hands down like my absolute favorite but i think debbie like well she kills it she's awesome and debbie does an awesome performance in this but one thing that i i laughed at when i found this fun fact about the movie out is debbie in this movie is a ghost singer but she herself is ghost singing as the actress herself because she doesn't do her own vocals for the singing parts that's hilarious. It's actually <laughs> an actress named Betty Nose. Wow. So, and uh, Betty Betty Nose or Elizabeth Nose Hand, um, she actually did the dubbing of Debbie's voice for two of her most famous movies. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> so I laughed at that because I was like, I I almost did want to give Debbie a really big credit for this, and she still does deserve it for the acting and dancing alone. Don't get me wrong, she's amazing, but it is kind of funny that to real actually find out that she didn't do the vocals herself. Yeah, that's really funny. I didn't I didn't know that. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, but the other person I wanted to say had the best performance is actually kind of a unsung hero. I want to give the choreographer a best performance yeah, credit right. here cuz the choreography in this movie is incredible. Incredible. And it makes me appreciate tap dancing in a way that I've never appreciated it before. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's a reason like choreographer probably really helped with like Gene Kelly. Cause I know mm-hmm. like he's really famous for his tap dancing and his dance work and his singing. Yeah. Like, Gene Kelly is the man, you know? Oh yeah. That's so cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so All those right. are my favorite performances. Any other ones stand out to you? Uh, I think, uh, well, it's <laughs> the the scene with a was it Gene Hagen who played Lena? I oh just, yeah. I I love her performance. Is kind of like that ditzy Hollywood girl, and yes. I just I I love the scene where she's getting uh, coached in vocals, and oh, the woman's like, I can't stand him, and she's like, I can't stand him. Can't, <laughs> can't, yeah, can't. <laughs> Can't. I, just, I love her performance <laughs> with that voice. It's just, it's too much. Oh man, it is, it is a, it is a voice. Let me tell you that there's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, one of those voices, kind of like Fran Drescher or some of those other ones, like Janice from Friends. That yeah, you just, like... you know, <laughs> that high pitch. Um, yep. So I guess, are you ready to move on to the next section? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Favorite moments. All right. So, what are some of your favorite moments? All right. Some of my favorite moments. I had. I have like a top three favorite moments. Okay. I have four. Uh, okay. You go cool, back cool, and cool. forth. Yeah. Let's. Uh. You know. Let's start with you, and we'll. Okay. Okay. So I really like the um, Don Lockwood's story of his career at the beginning, where he's. Uh, in the interview discussing his career, but it's actually showing you the exposition of background of his career. Like 
the way it's actually being portrayed. So he's talking about this huge lavish thing, like, oh, I did this performance for these people, and it's like a just like a backyard performance, or yeah. I did this performance, and it's just like a small little talent show that he got booed at. Like it's all these like really amazing things, and I I think the, the cinematography for that scene is just outstanding. And then I I really loved him ending that with dignity always dignity <laughs> yeah and i like how he keeps talking about himself in those scenes but if you notice every one of those cosmo was with him the yep. whole time so like they're they're partners and i mean it seems like don acknowledges cosmo as his partner oh yeah but he definitely kind of steals the spotlight from him yeah um, and, I mean, and i don't think that, that scene you can kind of see it with him and Cosmo a lot in the movie where it seems like they both understand that that's just the way that it is. And that's, it's not something that they are trying to portray themselves. Like yeah. he doesn't push Cosmo down no. or anything at all, but he, he just knows that the studio wants him to be everything. So he is everything to the studio. And I, I love how supportive their characters are. Like Don and Cosmo kind of lift each other up and even, after uh, Don in the beginning talks about his background, he says, like, I wouldn't be here without my my, my friend mm-hmm. Cosmo here. And he, like, acknowledges. And even, like, it makes me sad when the crowd kind of just, like, gets excited. But then when they yeah. realize it's not Don, they just shut up. And, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I like how Don kind of, like, you know, he's my partner. He's with me. And I love how Cosmo, even though Don's in the spotlight, he acknowledges his friend and he's like, I'm still going to be here to help you. Like he gives advice throughout the whole movie. It's great. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's really an awesome friendship and it's really just a testament to that and how awesome of people that they are together, that they can have such varying careers in the same area, but still be able to be as good of friends as they are. Like they didn't take anything to heart. They don't use that against each other as far as their friendship. Well, and that actually leads into one of my favorite moments of the movie. All and right. it's actually my probably most favorite moment. Cosmo performs Make Him Laugh. Yep. And I mean, he's <laughs> supporting and giving advice to Don. But that that musical number and just all the, the comedy and acting and singing that Cosmo does and all the different stunts. Mm. I just think that's like the perfect scene in this movie. And I just love oh. it so much. It's so good, and it's seriously just incredible how amazing of stunt work he does for this, the amazing body humor, like, him just, like, running up those walls and doing those somersaults and just falling onto his face and him, like, hitting his head on everything. It's just well, I also so love, perfect. Like, like, when he hits his face and his face is all contorted <laughs> and he has, starts having speech problems and moving his face around and every time yeah. he moves it, his voice changes and his... <laughs> That's so great. So I think that's like my ultimate like scene. It is. <laughs> it is. I think by far the most enjoyable scene of this movie. It's. It just brings you joy. It's just pure happiness in a music number. It's got some amazing choreography, some amazing stunt work, amazing vocals. Uh, just it's just so lighthearted and wonderful. And it yeah, just makes I would. You smile. I would challenge anyone to watch the scene of make them laugh. And, and not, not laugh. smile. <laughs> like you're you're going to crack a smile at least once. It's it's just one of those scenes. It's guaranteed. It's just guaranteed. Yeah. And right, if you don't you? laugh there, you have no soul. For me, after that, I think one of my next favorite scenes is them all singing "Good Morning" together and oh, yeah. the introduction into lip singing. 
I absolutely love this. And Cosmo shows his giant big boy brain <laughs> where he just comes up with the lifting and he's just like, let me stand. You stand right behind me and just keep singing this. And then he just lifts it. And he's like, this is what we should do. This is how we'll do the movie. We replace Lita's voice with Kathy's voice. And it's so perfect how he does this in such a unique way of just like coming up with this idea in general in a time where they had just learned about talking movies just months prior is insane for him to be like, Oh, but we could just pretend <laughs> and imitate and lip sync and, and she won't even know about it. And we'll get the studio involved <laughs> and everyone will hide it from the main actress. Like it's crazy that he came up with all this. Yeah, right. Like, no, and that's, that's like one of those classic, like, my mom used to sing good morning to me when I, and yep. my siblings when we were kids. Like, it's just one of those classic scenes, you know? It was actually funny when we, Jen and I were watching this, uh, when it got to the good morning scene, Jen's like, oh, David's going to recognize this song. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, I know I knew this from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about for you? What else you got? All right. Uh, two out of three of my favorite scenes are songs. So just bear with That's me. That's fair. Uh, my second favorite moment is uh, the Moses song, and specifically oh. because Cosmo and Don bounce off each other singing the Moses supposes. Supposes. <laughs> he roses. He roses. I, I just, I love that scene and how they play off each other, and it's also working with the speech therapy, and we get that scene right after we see Lena just butchering her speech therapy for the talking, <laughs> <laughs> and that then they just, great. like, kill it. So I really yeah. like that scene. It's another scene that, you know, is kind of like the make him laugh scene, where it's just a lot of great singing and choreography and just watching the actors bounce off each other. And even the person that is doing the voice training with Don, like, he gets yeah. in on it. And it's just a blast. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's just so funny seeing, like, such a skilled actor with a dialect coach just being able to run circles around him, like, oh, I get this right away. And then Lena, you're just like, oh, God, uh, just stop. Right. Just, please, I don't want to hear this anymore. Well, I love right before the song starts, like, the voice teacher is talking to Don, and behind the voice teacher, Cosmo is standing, just, like, kind of mocking him. And he yeah. turns and sees him, and he's like, oh. <laughs> it's just, it's a great scene. Oh, yeah, he, uh so great. Um, the other one for me is probably just, of, of course, it's the iconic title of the movie, Singing in the Rain. It's, it's, it's an iconic scene for a reason. It's really well shot. It's really well done. Uh, I love how it's done. I love, I love, honestly, I'm a sucker for dance scenes in the rain. I don't know what it is about it. Step Up 2, The Streets had one of the best dance scenes in the water. Step Up 3 had another great dance scene in the water this has a great dance scene in the water i just love dance scenes in the water <laughs> I, there's uh, a reason why singing like the title song is referenced so much in media everywhere yes you know if you well, haven't I mean, seen singing in the rain you've seen a reference to it in something yep i mean the new movie babylon that just came out i think i referenced it a few weeks back that actually uh his favorite musical ever is singing in the rain and he there you go the the musical singing in the rain is actually in the movie and it's actually like a kind of off telling modern retake of the exact story of singing in the rain in a different ways that's pretty cool <laughs> now a couple fun facts about that scene uh apparently gene kelly did that scene and he had like 
at 100 in like seven fever or something like yeah, that. Like he had yeah. A, he was sick. And then uh, the the fact that he did that so perfectly, I mean, he is a perfectionist. But uh, another fun fact is uh, in order to get the rain visible on the film they were filming yeah. on, they had a mixture of water and milk to yes. make the rain actually like pop on the screen so i thought that was interesting i was like i thought that was just water but it, i mean it's a mix of water and milk so yeah so i i just thought that was pretty cool like the the, oh, yeah. the film tricks people do you know i mean film tricks for movies that take place in the 50s sometimes they're just so incredible if you watch that scene it's a long pathway that he's going down and for that entire pathway to all be like just having rain downpouring on it and making puddles and doing all this stuff visibly for the camera in the 50s that's insane <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy like it's bonkers and it's very enjoyable and there's a like i said it's a reason why that you know that scene oh, yeah. is referenced so much or even this whole movie is referenced it's it's timeless it, it really is and gene kelly is he just is a really charismatic performer and mm-hmm. there's just something that makes you smile seeing that just big ass smile of his <laughs> right uh, I guess my my last favorite scene uh, before we move on um, is actually not a song. Uh, oh. I, I really, well, kind of, anyway. I, okay. I, I love the scene at the end when they trick slash expose yes. Lena uh, to show that it's really Kathy doing the voice, like yes. lifting up the curtain and Kathy singing behind her and... I love that scene because, like, those, that last couple scenes, like, Lena was just really bothering me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. just trying to overtake the studio and just be the command and lead and being like, yep. no, I'm I'm going to be the master here. And then seeing her get tricked like that, I just, I loved it. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. you got what's coming to you. And you just love seeing her get her comeuppance. Because exactly. she, there's a reason the studio didn't want her to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I loved all the jokes about it in the beginning of the movie. Like, uh, why do you never let me give any speeches or anything like that? And I'm like, well, have you heard yourself? Like, yeah. there's a reason why you're a really big star on silent film. But once talking, <laughs> yeah. And it's not even just because the sound of the voice; it's just the things that she says at the same time. She she doesn't think before she speaks. Yep. I guess from there we want to move on to the next section. Yes. What's next? We have David's pick, which was A Man Called Otto. A Man Called Otto. Definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. Yes. And uh, from there, we'll move on to our next section, The Spoilers. Let's sum it up. So I got a little summary for you. So Don Lockwood, he is a popular silent movie star for publicity the movie studio has created a fake romance between him and his co-star Lena Lamont to generate public interest for their films that they do together. Don also is kind of uh, given the job of doing all of the public speeches and tries to make sure Lena does not talk to the public because the studio does not want her to. Don also despises Lena to a T with everything in his entire being. He just despises this woman. He doesn't want anything to do with her or be around her. Um, so anytime he's out of the publicity in the limelight, he is as far away from Lena as he possibly can be. After a movie premiere, he runs away from a crowd of women to end up in the car of a Kathy Selden. 
Kathy talks to Don about how she's a stage actress and doesn't believe acting for silent movies is real acting. Uh, they argue and bicker quite a bit, and they end up having kind of a falling out, and he goes to this party thrown by the head of the studio who just wanted to introduce everybody into talking pictures. Everyone realizes it's probably just a gimmick and then it'll pass over and no one really cares about it. Says it's probably not going to be anything. Don't worry about it. And this is where Don runs back into Kathy again, who is a chorus girl. He teases her about how, uh, how much of a real actor she is and being a chorus girl like yeah you're not as big of an actress as you said you are why should i trust your judgment and gets her so angry that she throws a pie at him but misses and hits lena in the face <laughs> which i love that <laughs> yeah, it was, it was perfect. uh lena being the oh so amazing of a devilish woman as she is gets her fired from her job because of that um, the first talkie does come out, and it's a movie called The Jazz Singer, and it is a huge, huge success. So much of a success that nobody really cares for silent movies anymore. So the head of the studio realizes they need to convert the Lockwood and Lament movie to a talkie. Don is struggling to become a dramatic actor, and Lena struggles with how to speak into a mic, among a lot of other things. Uh, Don runs into Kathy on another movie set and gets her hired back on without Lena's knowledge. Lena also struggles because her voice does not match that of a leading lady. And an early screening of the movie is an absolute disaster, and their careers are on the chopping block. Uh, one night, Cosmo, Don, and Kathy are all together talking about what to do and how to save the picture, and they come up with the idea of turning the movie into a musical picture instead of a dramatic play and to play off their actual talents. Uh, they also have the idea to have Kathy do a voiceover for Lena without her knowledge of it. And the dueling cavalier then becomes the dancing cavalier. Lena finds out about her voice being dubbed and becomes furious. She blackmails the studio into taking Kathy's name out of the credits and trying to force them to keep her working behind the scenes without ever getting a credit to her name. At the premiere of the new movie, it is a huge success, and the crowd wants more of the actors. In a quick, brilliant move, they have Lena go out and talk and agree to sing, with Kathy singing behind the curtain, and Kathy is hurt by this, but Lena loves it. Partway through the song, they decide to open up the curtain to show Kathy is the one who is actually the voice. Lena is horrified and embarrassed and leaves the stage, and Kathy is about to run off as well until Lockwood shouts out that Kathy is the real star of the film and deserves all the credit. And she comes back to sing a duet with him, and the movie ends with a billboard for Singing in the Rain. Classic movie. I uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about, uh, I guess, another fun scene. Okay. Uh, when, when you were talking about how they're trying to convert their original movie into a talkie, their silent film. And when Lena is having issues with the microphone, and I just love oh. how she, when she has it pinned to her shoulder, and every time she turns <laughs> her head, you hear only parts of her sentence. It's just. So and funny. then they talked as long as, as long as they were talking, talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was pretty great. Uh, she just can't. She's such a dramatic, silent actor that she moves so insanely much and can't keep her head towards one direction in order to be picked up by a microphone because the microphones back then were 
outrageously like very pinpoint <laughs> well, unfortunately it's also like it was the beginning of talkies mm-hmm. so you know nowadays when movies are made you know they re-record their lines in a sound studio you yeah know? so yeah. Th- they don't have issues like that and it's just kind of interesting watching how they're trying to problem solve all this when it was first beginning you know put uh, yeah. uh, putting the microphone in front of her attaching it to her shoulder like it's just Which, so if, interesting. if you want to get a more actual picture of what i think that uh studios were going through in that time babylon does an incredible job at showcasing this exact problem where they had to have the actress land on a certain mark because the mic was right above a certain area oh and yeah she had to be exact position and it's in a studio where it's like 105 degrees and one of the guys actually like dies in the sound booth because it was too hot in there and they were there all day because they couldn't get her to land on her mark in the right way Oof. <laughs> that's <laughs> like rough. it's it's a it's a crazy movie but it really showcases how much like chaos and strenuization that they had to deal with to make those things happen so be and appreciative think, of how yeah. far movies have come exactly <laughs> and where we began you know uh are you ready for our next sex y'all yeah i think so let's do it a little off the top all right so what do you think needs to be cut from this film so i think overall like generally the movie is practically perfect it's it's really good there are two Mm -hmm. scenes i think need to be cut down and only because like it felt like they were dragging on. and the I'm going to laugh one, if they're the same two that I have. <laughs> they, they might be. Okay, well, let's find out. The first one I think that needs to be trimmed down is the Beautiful Girl montage song they have. Yep. And I think the song itself is great. Keep it in the movie. But halfway through the song, they cut to this montage where it's just showing every girl in a yeah. different outfit. And then like a, a long dance sequence and stuff and just it it drags on. Yeah. Just too long for me. There were multiple times where I checked my watch during the one song. I'm like, man, it feels like it's going on forever. Yeah, for me, I actually think this one just needs to be scrapped entirely. I think this does not add anything to the movie. It has nothing to do with any of the characters. It has nothing to do with anything the characters talked about. It is just a another small introduction into a musical uh picture. And it's we like, hadn't, I, yeah, before we changed their mu- movie into a musical. So, like, we already are going to get a musical picture anyways. We don't need to see some random one. It's almost like they needed to add a song to pad the runtime. Yeah. Or, like, they're try- like, I understand the need for the scene at the time. They're probably trying to show, like, what the jazz singer or, like, t- what talkies are doing, you know? But I understand why you'd want to cut the whole thing because it does feel just unnecessary. It it doesn't have anything to do with our characters. And they did it just to bring Debbie Reynolds back into the movie because Debbie Reynolds was on that cast when yeah. Don Lockwood uh, saw her. So that's, I think, why they put it in there. But the yeah. also thing, is too, is the song doesn't hold up very well. It talks about, in the song, he says, at least she's at least older than 16. So, which I know that was probably the... <laughs> It's the time. It just sounds dirty. <laughs> That's fair. Especially hearing from like a 30-year-old guy saying, at least she's 16. And yeah. that just yeah, cheesy smile. It was just not, yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, you could just cut that whole yeah. part. It's fine. 
find a new way to get Debbie back in the movie. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the the only other scene that I think needs to be trimmed down, I don't think it needs to be completely cut, but trimmed down yes. is the song at the end, the Broadway melody yes. ballet. Yes. I think the song, again, the song is great, and I like the little dance sequence, mm-hmm. but the dance sequence just goes on forever. I'm like, you could cut that easily in half. So it's funny that you say that because the Spotify uh, song of this, like looking up the soundtrack on Spotify, the song version of this is only six minutes and 51 seconds long. Oh, the, okay. So they cut the, it in half for the soundtrack, I guess? Literally in half because it's almost exactly 14 minutes of screen time that this song gets uh, for a seven minute long song. They do about seven minutes of dancing and seven minutes of singing. It's obscenely long. It goes on forever. There's seven minutes of just pure silence and just instrumentals that I'm just like, this does not work. <laughs> like, I, I love the music being played. Yes. But I, it just cut it down, man. Like the, the dancing is impressive. I like it, but it goes way too long. Way, way too long. I, I hard, hard, hard agree with this one. Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Jen and I were sitting there like I never I never ever remember that scene being as long as it is and every time I watch it I'm like oh my god this scene drags on forever <laughs> it's again like uh one of the ways I judge how I'm feeling about a movie is how often I check the timer I check my watch and you checked four times during that song <laughs> probably like during, like I said the two scenes I want to trim down are the only scenes in the movie where I actually checked like well I wonder what time yep. it is like yeah, most uh, of the other movie flows so perfectly. Yeah. It's great pacing, and you don't really think about much at all. But then these two scenes, they just they just lull. They, they lull. <laughs> so I guess, are, are there any other scenes that you think need to be cut out? Honestly, no. Those are the exact same two so that funny. I had. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I was even telling Dana, like, these, are these two scenes, and she was like, yeah, holy crap, like. I was going to say, there's some movies that we see exactly eye to eye on, and we'll see the exact same problems, and we'll have the exact same things that we'll love, and then there's other movies where exact opposites. What I love about this, we can have. I love it too. Uh, so I guess, are you ready to move on next uh, section yeah. here? Yeah. All right, well then. Final thoughts and ratings. So obviously this movie sucks. No one should watch it. Just, uh... Turn off this podcast. I'm surprised you listen to this much of the podcast, honestly, with how much this movie sucks. Listen, Thirsty. <laughs> Enough of the crap. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> no, this movie is absolutely incredible. Uh, I think this still goes down as one of my all-time favorite musicals. It's actually surprising. I don't think this one was ever adapted to Broadway. Yeah, I'm not sure. But this is it's just a, it's a wonderful musical. Yeah, I definitely think this is a very impressive film and like i said earlier it is timeless and there's a reason Mm -hmm. why it's timeless uh so definitely a must watch for me like everyone needs to watch it at least once in their life this is definitely a must watch if not a must buy i think this one's worth owning um i didn't say that earlier (laughs) this one i i've owned it for a long time i've owned it multiple different ways i have a physical and digital version of this it's it's just something that is wonderful and if you enjoy musicals at all you'll you will love this it's it's must own for at least musical lovers but yes. i mean i've owned it for like two years and i finally just watched it like like <laughs> dana and i bought it on blu-ray a long time ago because she's like oh i gotta have you watch this but so i mean yeah i'd say own it i do <laughs> <laughs> 
that's it. Thank you for joining us for the episode today. And again, mm-hmm. next week we're looking at A Man Called Otto. We'll see you then. All right. Bye.